do, 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 do. Here we go. My name is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 451. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, it's a show we've been looking forward to since March of this year. April. We're- well, at March because the conference was last year. Got it. So we're going to int- we're going to be introducing the conference speakers today for 2019. For 2019, which is on March 8th and 9th. Correct. And uh, I got a quick take. And uh, last week we did a show. We did a replay of a show called "Listen, Allow, Support, Repeat" about uh, a listener, Steve, and his son Soren. So hopefully you enjoyed that. And um, I didn't re-listen to it. Did you? No. No. uh -uh. But it was one of my faves. So hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed it. So um, can I start with a quick take, sweetie? Sure. I'm looking at your computer and there's a fish on it. Where'd you get that? I got that in Idaho. Um, One of the reasons we did a a replay is because I've been gone the last two weeks. I was in uh, Idaho, the wonderful state of Idaho, um, for about seven days. And then I was in the wonderful state of Washington for seven days after that. So it's been a little chaotic, fun, but chaotic. Yeah. So I was, I didn't go to Idaho. That was just Todd and Skylar. So this is a sticker and uh, that's a salmon. Ah. And then the outline is the Sawtooth Mountains. Oh, lovely. Okay. Well, let me say really quick that, so like I was just saying, Todd was in Idaho with Skylar and then we my other two girls and I met them in Seattle. Mm -hmm. So we just got home. But I was going to say that I have a bunch of stickers on my computer that I love Mm because, you know, we put stickers on our computer like the kids do. Yeah. Um, And, but my case cracked. I know. So now my stickers, I'm going to have to throw away my stickers. And JC said, but you're supposed to get new stickers, refresh them every six months or so. Yeah. But I don't want to. Can't you just reorder the same stickers? Yeah. It's just kind of a pain. Yeah. Put that on the list. Whee. This comes from our Team Zen Facebook page, sweetie. I posted it there. You posted it. It's called Jomo. I've uh, never heard of Jomo. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. Have you heard of Jomo oh, before yeah, yeah. posting this? I've actually talked about Jomo. I've heard of FOMO. Right. What's FOMO? Well, FOMO is fear of missing out. Right. But Jomo, we <laughs> did talk about Jomo on this show because when we were doing the Soulful Simplicity book, mm-hmm. um, we were talking about the Gentle Warriors Manifesto. Mm-hmm. And I think, I can't remember what number it was, but one of them was Experience More Jomo. And I just was like, I, I already do that. <laughs> so, I love Jomo. So explain what Jomo is. So FOMO is the fear of missing out. JOMO is the joy of missing out. Why would you be joyful if you're missing out on fun things? Uh, well, I mean, it's not about it's not about isolating or trying to miss out on fun things all the time. It's taking joy in making a decision that is best for you in that moment. Mm-hmm. Meaning a lot of times, you know, I go through this with my girls all the time where they don't want to go to a party or they don't want to go to, you know, to someone's house for the weekend or they don't want to do something. And they're like, and I'm like, you don't have to do any of these things. We always have a choice. And they're like, yeah, but FOMO. And that's a real thing. I don't say, oh, that's dumb. We all, no matter how old you are, you don't want to miss out on things. But at the same time, when we're making a choice that is in our best interest, and especially for me, you and I are different, you know, in this way, but I really have to be thoughtful about where I put my energy. Mm -hmm. And so when I make a choice to not go somewhere and everyone else has to get ready and drive somewhere and be up late. And I know that there's fun I'm missing. I realize that. But I'm also very at peace with that I took care of myself. Mm -hmm. And so I have a great joy when I 
if I miss something I really want to do, that sucks. Right. But I'm talking about the things we think we should do or the things that we think we ought to be doing because everybody else is doing. Um, those are the things that I take great joy in missing out on. Um, you know what this reminds me of? What? Two things. Uh, one is um, when George Michael from Arrested Development says, uh-huh. I love not having fun. <laughs> I love not having fun. Which is just a funny, funny quote. Right. I love not having fun. <laughs> Um, and then the other is in my 20s, and I used to go out and have fun with my friends, uh-huh. um, I had a serious FOMO. You had serious FOMO. Would you describe what my FOMO was oh like? Oh, my God. Well, it, honestly, because you guys know the things Todd and I talk about now in our 40s, when we were dating in our 20s, the guy could not leave the party. No, like, because I might miss something. He, I was like... Because all good things happen past three o'clock in the morning. But they don't. And that's the thing is I would challenge him with, okay, we'd get home late, really late. And I'd be like, tell me what happened in that last hour that you enjoyed. Because to me, that was just debauchery. That mm-hmm. was, there was nothing good. People were getting mad at each other or there were fights or there were... You, you remember how sometimes some of the people we were with, like they'd start arguing. Sure. And, you nothing know... good happened. You couldn't then. find a cab. It was... Brutal. And I'm like, if we could have left at the time that was natural, which was like midnight or one, which is still late, but again, we were in our 20s. Yeah. We could have maybe gotten something to eat, gone home, gotten some sleep. But Todd, and then the other thing that you would do that would drive me crazy is you would finally be like, okay, we're going to, you know, I'll leave. And then you'd take your beer and you'd chug it. You can't leave a beer without finishing it. But you can. And th- those were the kind of conversations we, you and I started having where I was like, what? Putting that in your body at this point, now that we're going home and going to bed, what do you? What's the purpose? I think it was just leftover from college. I just like uh, not wasting beer. Okay, well, that's it. I'm sorry that I'm I'm pointed you toward wasting more beer because it just <laughs> seemed like not the best. So anyway, and so Todd, that's the extreme version. He doesn't do that anymore. We have normal. Should going. I read this quote or no? Um, sure, you could. And let me say where I got that. Sure. First of all. I got that off of Janine Roth's page. For oh. So for those of you who read Women, Food, Food, and God, and she has other books too that I've read, um, she posted that the other day, so I've been kind of posting it around. Oh, the joy of missing out. When the world begins to shout and rush towards that shining, that shining thing, the latest bit of mental bling, trying to have it, see it, do it, you simply know you won't go through it. The anxious clamoring and need, this restless, hungry thing to feed. Instead, you feel the loveliness, the pleasure of your emptiness. You spurn the treasure on the shelf in favor of your peaceful self. Without regret, without a doubt, oh, the joy of missing out. (laughs) That's just like heaven to me. I know. (laughs) And, you know, and the thing is, is I think there's a deeper message in there too, which is we're always chasing, right? Part of FOMO is if I miss out, what does that mean about me? Right. And it doesn't mean anything. Right. And if we were more thoughtful about the things that we wanted to do, and again, it's not about missing everything. I mean, they're like, I'll just give you guys an example is that this week or last week when we went to Seattle, Todd and Skyler flew to Seattle. Then JC and Cameron went on a flight by themselves to Seattle. Right. And I stayed home by myself for a couple of days so I could be alone because that never happens. Yep. And then I came to Seattle. So I missed out on two or three days. And that is in my best interest. And that's in my family's best interest because I only need to be away from home for four days. And they like to be away from home for yeah, seven days. Because we went whitewater rafting in the first day. Right. And I had a lot of JOMO. About yeah. not being there. But it was fun. We drove two hours and oh. it was hot and sweaty and <laughs> the water levels were low. It was awesome. And the thing is, 
I'm sure there would have been some joy in it. But because I wasn't there, instead of being like, oh, I was like, I'm really, I had a little Jomo fest about that. Yes, you did. You're by yourself. Imagine a, um, a mom of three, that has three kids and a husband who's always trying to do stuff <laughs> all two, two or 3,000 miles away. And you are in a quiet house, which is never quiet for three days. Yes. And I don't have, it's still summer. So I'm not teaching. I'm not, so I could do what I wanted. You watched a lot of Sex in the City. I watched a lot of Sex in the City. I rewatched the first movie. Don't like, I don't like the second movie. I did a lot of writing. I wrote probably 50 pages. Wow. I did, um, I went to yoga classes I don't normally go to. I ate food that I love without having to say, what does everybody else want? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's something very powerful in, in Jomo. And, but the, the big to like, you know, close the circle on it, there has to be an understanding of differentiating between what you want and what you need. You what know? a girl wants, what a girl needs. All right, so should we go to the big um, announcement? So before we do that, I want to talk about one of our two partners, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald head of beauty. He does painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. So if you happen to live in the Chicagoland area and you have a project at your house, Jeremy is your guy. Go to avidco.net. The phone number is 630-956-1800. Tell them Zen Parenting sent you and Zen Parenting loves you. Now, without further ado, I need my uh, drum roll, though. Actually, who are we going to talk about first? I'm, we're going to talk about our first two. First two. Okay, so... I would like to preface this by saying that right after the 2018 conference, uh, you know, you guys who listen to this show know that I do vision boards for all my business things, and I created a vision board for our 2019 conference, probably two weeks after the 2018 conference, and I right away printed out a picture of these two women okay. as my my most wanted at this conference. Awesome. And their names are Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach. Yay! Let me do applause. <laughs> Excited to I have know. Glennon and Abby. And the reason that I thought of them together is for those of you who don't know them, they are married um, and they are both writers. They both have books. Um, they are both activists. They are both... Um, uh, advocates. Um, they are people who I look up to and who, whenever I feel like, Oh, should I say this? Should I do this? Or, uh, you know, I look to them and I, I watch what they do and I follow their lead. as a result. I do. And so I really, um, I'm actually feeling very happy because I also get to go do a workshop with them in October. Nice. I'm going to Omega in New York and I'm going to do a workshop with them there, but then they're coming to our conference in March. Um, and, uh, we wanted to, most of you, I think who listen to the show know who Glennon and Abby are. Every time I say that, Todd will be like, not everybody. Not everybody. Um, so Todd has some things ready to play for you just so you guys can hear their voices. So yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to play some quotes from all of our speakers. Right. Um, so this is not just a promotional, Hey, this is who's at the conference. We're going to have a discussion about some of the wisdom that they have to bestow upon us. And before he does that, let me just give you really, I'm not going to read a bio. I'm just going to say a few things about them. So first of all, Glennon Doyle is um, a writer. She started with Monastery, which I followed. Or that was her 
blog, which I followed for years and years and years. And she wrote a book called Carry On Warrior, which was about her experience with um, her her addiction and coming through that. She was bulimic. She was uh, in. She was an alcoholic. And then um, she wrote another book called Love Warrior uh, a few years back, and that ended up being an Oprah book club pick. Um, it was about her experience with her marriage and kind of the, the, her marriage breaking down. Um, it ended up right when that book came out, which was kind of about her marriage, another opportunity for her marriage to come together. She and her husband, Craig, decided to divorce. Mm-hmm. Around that time, she went on a book tour for her book, Love Warrior, um, and she met Abby Wambach, who... For those of you who don't know soccer, um, she is the, to, to Todd and I, the best female soccer player ever, correct? And the stats, and the stats back it up. Right. As far as goal scoring. So we always if get nothing in- else, because I think she has scored more goals than any other female soccer player. And actually, no, not female, female and male. Didn't, wasn't there that stat where she uh, posted one it, of yeah. the guys in this last World Cup uh, scored a goal and like, oh, one more until Pele. And then Abby stats um, dwarf Pele's World Cup goals scoring. Yeah, so she's got more. She's got more. So isn't that fun? I mean, it isn't funny at all. Funny is not the right word. Isn't that ridiculous? Like here we have this woman who is this premier athlete. And when announcers are talking about other athletes, she's not even taken into consideration. Mm-hmm. Just to give you guys some, I you know, a little more understanding of how great and revered she is in the sports world. A few years ago on the ESPYs, which is the awards for, you know, for, for great how would you describe the ESPYs? Like the best sportsmen of it's the year? It's like the Academy Award for sports. Correct. Oh, and and they do a, um, I think it's an annual thing where they give a, um, it's like an, an award to the most outstanding athletes in the sport. And that's when she was honored with Peyton, Kobe, and- Just and, is the three of them. There's yeah. just the three of them. And they're like, it's like an icon award. Yes. You know? And yeah, so- I think that might be what it's called. So like Todd said, she was honored with Peyton Manning and with Kobe Bryant, okay? So the three of them. Now, for those of you who know about her speech that she gave this year, um, she gave a uh, speech at a graduation that went viral and it was amazing. But she talked about the fact that when she was on that stage, you know, and on TV for millions of people, she kind of watched Kobe and Peyton as they left the stage and realized that they had a long career ahead of them. Mm -hmm. That even now that they're done with sports, they are going to have endorsements, they are going to have opportunities that she will not have. Yeah. And she had to to reinvent what she wanted to do with the rest of her life, which I am very happy with the the, the path she's taken because yeah. she's become an, you know, an activist and someone who speaks up for women and for, you know, salary equality. and equality. So anyway, these Hey, real quick. Yes. Pele scored 77 goals in international competition. Mm-hmm. And we all know who Pele is. He's mm-hmm. the Michael Jordan of soccer. Um, and Abby scored 158 international shots. So uh, she doubled them <laughs> and she's going to be at our little conference <laughs> in March. Well, let me say this. My daughters have been flipping out mm. about Abby because they, my daughters used to play soccer. They don't anymore, but they have friends who are so into soccer. Elmhurst is kind of like a big soccer town. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure many of you have that. And they are like, can we tell yet? Yeah. Can we tell our friends yet that she's coming? So, it, you know, for those of you who love soccer and sports, yes, Abby Wambeck is coming. Um, and so. Should we play this thing? Yeah. 
And, and do you want to say what this thing is from or does it matter? So it just so happens that last week, uh, Reese Witherspoon has, you know, and I'm sure you guys know who Reese Witherspoon is, but she's been doing a lot of work um, on promoting women's voices in the industry that she's in, which is entertainment, but also just, you know, women who are who are coming forward and speaking up. And um, she did an interview series with Glennon and Abby last week. And I thought that was really good timing because we're able to play some of the content that she posted on Facebook. So um, these are just quick little interviews with Glennon and Abby together. So here we go. Ambition is desire and motivation and action. Ambition means that you know what you want and you work hard to get what you want. I think my greatest ambition has got to be about love. This is so cheesy. I seriously think that my greatest ambition is to love myself and love others. I mean, I've been put on this planet to love. My drive and ambition is to feel love. I think that the, the most simple idea we have is to love others as ourselves and and so for me what that means is that every good thing that I want in my life I also have to fight for other people to have as well. If you are a person who enjoys um, education for your children and a safe land for your kids to live on and marrying the love of your life then you better be ready to fight for those things for everyone else also. How does Glennon fight for others, sweetheart? Oh my gosh, where should I begin? Well, first of all, just speaking up and being willing to say what she believes. Mm -hmm. Um, And second of all, she runs an organization called Together Rising. And what Together Rising does is it raises money um, and gives all the money that's raised. And again, it's raised through um, small donations. So they don't want to take any donation above $25 from anybody. Um, And then that money is given directly to whatever source needs the money. For example, when this issue at the border, um, where we were separating kids from their families at the border and and these kids needed legal support Mm -hmm. and, you know, there needed to be some adults down there helping these families um, and some professionals, Together Rising raised millions of dollars and gave that money directly to these people. Now, she's done that for years. And regarding many different causes. Like just as an example, you know, when she was, again, she was a blogger initially and that's how she came to be. And she actually was considered a Christian blogger Mm -hmm. because she talked a lot about, you know, her experience with her own Christianity and with Jesus. And, you know, that's how she began. And so when she and uh, Abby got married, the headlines actually said, Abby Wambach marries Christian mommy blogger. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just at that point, she had had two like, you know, best-selling books, New York Times best-selling books. She had been raising millions of dollars through Together Rising. And she's and, just a Christian And she's just, blog. right, exactly. It was, you know, it was, it didn't kind of demonstrate everything yes. that Glennon does. Um, but and it, for those of you who don't know about Together Rising, she actually partnered with Cheryl Strayed, who was our speaker last year mm-hmm. at the conference, who's wonderful, and Brene Brown and Rob Bell and uh, Marie Forleo. I hope I'm saying that right for Leo and um, for Leo is how you say it. Sorry. And um, 
who else was in the Compassionate Collective? Oh, Liz Gilbert. Mm-hmm. And they all kind of worked together. They called it the Compassion, uh, the Compassion Collective or okay. the Compassionate Collective. And so they would help raise the money for Together Rising. So they kind of did this work all together. Because each one has pretty significant reach. Very significant reach. Yeah. So these these women are not just about, I'm going to go out there and like say things. They get it done. They get and it done. And I, I almost feel... I, not almost, I feel small. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this little podcast right. that we try to help empower moms and dads to be the best versions of themselves. And, you know, some people are like, wow, you're doing a lot of things. And then I think of what happens um, with Glennon's organization and Abby's for that matter. And I just feel small. <laughs> I know. And that smallness, instead of turning it into becoming smaller and yeah. caving in, it makes Todd and I go, wait, we got to do something else. Mm-hmm. We got it. Like they have both. Um, inspired me to speak out on this show about things that I wasn't willing to speak out about months ago, or yep. excuse me, years ago. Yep. Um, their discussions around things like race and their discussions around things, uh, you know, like gun rights yep. and things that I was kind of like, ah, third rail stuff. Nope, we're going there. Yeah. We're going there. So they, they really, the smallness that we feel turns into a bigness. Yep. Okay, uh, second clip from Glennon and Abby. Yeah, and this is more so you can hear their personalities because they're funny. Abby is terrified of bugs, okay? And she, I'm so, is this okay? Yeah. Okay, so she. Just as long as there are no bugs nearby. (laughs) (laughs) And and the, the funny thing is, is that I don't know a lot about like, gay culture, right? So when we first met, one of my- You know a lot about gay culture. You don't know how to be I don't know how to in be a gay. gay That's true. I know a lot about gay yeah. culture. I was a fierce gay rights activist before I was gay. Okay? <laughs> I, I called Abby when, when we were trying to figure out our relationship. And I was like, wait, when two girls are together, like who gets the bugs? I need to know who gets the bugs because um, it's not going to be me. And she was like, oh, honey, it's cool. I've got, I will get the bugs. But she lied. She lied. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't lie. I still get the bugs. I just do it. Terrified. Completely under terror. That's true. And that's what courage is. Yeah. I mean, there's no greater stereotype that we're laying out there right now than that of men get the bugs and women get to jump on the table and not deal with it. Right. So let's just like maybe combat that a little bit. Like we get the bugs. Okay, we get the bugs. Yeah. Oh my God, that's hilarious. I know. I've never seen that. I they're, mean, I know it's new, but oh, that's that's really funny. They're just very funny. And what and th- and what that encapsulates for me, the reason why I totally wanted to play that is because what they have taught me is about the way they talk about things. Just like the way that she's like, you know, I didn't understand, you know, now that I'm gay, what do I, you know, like, let's just talk mm-hmm. instead of like... Um, Instead of talk about things in such a serious manner, yeah. that's something that Glennon has taught me over even reading Monastery from a long time ago is just talk about it and be honest. Yeah. Like she, you know, I remember um, just to kind of give a shout out to her really because she saved me in a moment. She saved me in many moments. But um, when I was really sick, you guys, with the flu in January, um, I had to take medicine to go to sleep. And I think I've shared this before. And I really struggled with the fact that I had to do that. Like I was, <laughs> Todd will tell you that I just was like, I can't believe I, you know, I just, it, it was really hard for me. And um, I remember one night, you know, not being able to sleep and realizing I had to take medicine again. And 
then reading one of um, Glennon's posts and someone said to her, you know, Glennon, how do you stay so calm? You know, how do you, how do you handle all this? And she said, you know, she said something like, I take deep breaths, whatever. And then I take my Lexapro. (laughs) And there was something so vulnerable, vulnerable, but just so she just is instead of, I need to explain, or is this okay? Or am I doing the right thing? Or this is just who I am. And she gave me it just in that small moment of like, yeah, who the hell cares? This is what I need right now. And, and this is, um, so again, just another more personal reason, obviously Todd and I work wise look to them, but also personally, sometimes just when I need that relief, that like release of it's okay to be who you are. Yeah. Don't pretend. Um, don't pretend. Be authentic. It would have been easy for her to say, oh, I just keep it all together. Right. She don't didn't. pretend because none of us do. And I, and I, even sometimes I kind of pride myself on being someone who doesn't pretend. And then I realize that there are times I pretend yeah. and even admitting that, like, I'm like, and then, but I'm not even aware I'm pretending. I'm just kind of posturing a little bit. And then it's like, okay, wait a second. That's not the truth. There's a lot of like, where you really have to break down a lot of walls. And so sure. anyway... Those two magnificent women are going to be at our conference, you guys. We're so honored. We're stoked. Yes. Um, before we announce our second one. Uh, you third might, one. Uh, oh, actually, third one. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, I want to talk about our other partner this week. Sweetie, what do you think about furniture shopping? Oh, my God. You know what I think about f- furniture shopping? What? Um, so we have a partner called campaignliving.com. You want something that looks great and will last, but you don't want to spend five grand on a sofa, sweetie? I don't. Want to spend five grand? I heard the grill won't cost five grand on this. Five grand. You have five grand? I don't have five grand. <laughs> Farmer Ted. Farmer Ted. Uh, but let's be real. You don't need bulky, oversized furniture that requires movers just to get it in the door. Let alone up the stairs. The founder of Campaign felt exactly the same way, so he built a company made for people like us. Uh, Campaign makes sofas, chairs, love seats, and ottomans that are built to last. Everything they sell is made using high-quality materials like steel frames that come with a lifetime guarantee. Campaign's furniture arrives in just a few days in a flat-packed box, so you don't have to schedule a delivery and wait around for it. Each piece is also made to assemble in just a few minutes. You don't even need any tools. However, I do like... Uh, the tools that I use to build stuff for the girls. I know. What tools? What I'm, are you just, talking I'm about? just kidding. I, oh, I was going to say, we don't have What tools. I do is I put up shelves. That's as close <laughs> as I do to assemble. And then sometimes he has to take them down and put them back up because the holes are in the wrong place. I know. Measure twice, cut once. Um, so anyways, and my favorite part is that they have easy to remove covers so you can change the look of your home without having to buy a new sofa. So here's what I want you to do. Check out campaignliving.com to see the goods. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Save 75 bucks off any sofa, love seat, or chair when you use code Z-E-N at checkout. That's Zen. That's campaignliving.com. Use the code Zen for 75 bucks off your order. That's pretty good. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm i laughing at the way you say Ottoman. Ottoman. I know you've always said it that way. Isn't it the Ottoman? O- the Ottoman Empire. Isn't it Ottoman? I don't know. I don't even like that word, so I think I just deliberately choose to mispronounce it. It's the thing we put our feet on. Couldn't we just call it shelf for our feet? No, because that's too long. That's it's too like how my friend Jessica says opossum yes. instead of possum. And what is the Webster's Dictionary version of the pronunciation of opossum? I think it's just possum, but she's always said opossum and it cracks me up yes. because there is an O, but why? 
Well, why is there an R in February? I say February. Just you do? Because, yeah, only You're because... You're trying to be snarky, aren't you? I, I'm not trying to be snarky. The reason I do that is because there was a time I could not spell that word. Uh-huh. And so when I started to say Rue, then I always remembered. Yes. So anyway. Um, our next uh, speaker... Uh, And she's going to be the closing speaker. Yes. Uh, Her name is Julie Lithgut-Hames. We've actually spoken about her many times on this podcast and also in Team Zen. Um, And uh, she, I I don't know if I want you to describe her or if you want me to. You've read both of her books. I have. So maybe you should. So first of all, her first book is the one that we talked about on the show, How to Raise an Adult. Yes. And um, basically that book, which, you know, everybody pretty much knows about in the parenting world because she was the dean, um, the freshman dean at Stanford. And what she started to experience, you know, when she was working with these kids was that they hadn't really um, learned certain skills that are necessary to go out in the world. Normal life skills that we probably learned because it was a little bit different back in the early 90s. Exactly. And she, as Todd said, we did two shows dedicated to that book and to Julie Lithcott Hames' work and what she basically was recommending to parents and um, not only recommending, but saying what she was seeing. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about at Stanford. Yeah. So like, you know, kids all over the nation are not getting the opportunities they need to become healthy and responsible adults. So that book is amazing. But the reason we asked Julie to come to our conference... We had a decision to make, didn't we? Well, we did. And I knew that that's what I wanted. That's really why. I Because her book, Real American, which came out, I think, earlier this year. I, I don't know when it... It's the newer of her two books. It's the newer of her two books. She's also working on a third. But oh, wow. she's going to be talking about... Yeah, it's about adulting, her okay. third one. Yeah. But Real American is about her experience growing up in our country, um, her husband, or excuse me, her father was African American, her mother was white, and what her experience was like growing up. And I will tell you something that book, um, I took my time with that book because, first of all, it's beautifully written. Um, there, it's written in, I think it's called like prose where like sometimes it, it, it was like poetry, mm. certain pages. Okay. And so, you know, she kind of didn't use all the punctuation that's typical or whatever. It was more like stream of consciousness writing and wow. I mean, I had to like occasionally be like, okay, I'm going to set that down for a minute and yeah. process that. Um, and I wanted her to talk. I We wanted to talk about race this year. Yeah. You know, um, we really wanted to. It's in the headlines. It, it was in the headlines yesterday. And and it's it's been in the headlines since we forever. I know. This is not new. Like this is just now it's time. And those are the kind of. And it was know, time before, but we dropped the ball. That's right. And here we are today right. where we have an opportunity to talk about race relations in this country. Exactly. And she does it in a beautiful way. Uh, Real American Growing Up Black and Biracial in America. That's the subtitle of the book. And, you know, for the next uh, however many months before the conference, we're really going to be talking a lot about the books that our speakers wrote. Um, But I want to start by recommending to everybody that they read Real American. Mm. I want to start with that book because um, I... You know, this is kind of what Todd and I talk about all the time on this show is if you are going to understand other people's experience, you have to be willing to listen. And obviously listening can mean when you're face to face with someone, but listening also means reading their experience. And, you know, we did a whole show uh, with uh, Ted 
um, I want to say his name right. Brian Stevenson. Uh, Brian Stevenson, yes, but Tahanisi Coates. Oh yeah. About between the world and me, mm. which was also a very eye-opening book for me. And uh, you know, we have to be willing to look and experience, like step in the shoes of people who have experienced things that maybe we from the outside. Um, didn't even, maybe we were watching, but we didn't even realize right. what their personal experience was. I actually uh, just listened to a Dear Sugar episode. Um, uh, and will you do me a favor and look up her name so I can get it right? Sure. Look up the most recent Dear Sugar episode because it's about privilege. Okay. Um, and I will give you this woman's name in a minute when Todd finds it. But she was, they had a... Um, this woman on talking. Catrice Jackson. Thank you, Catrice Jackson. I knew the first name was Catrice. And one of the examples she gave about privilege or specifically about white privilege is that she said it's like being um, born and then being dropped in water, like a fish is mm -hmm. dropped in water. So you're born, so if you're born white and you know somewhat privileged, you are dropped in this bowl of water. And you, that's how you see the world. You, you live in that water. You live in, and she even went on to say, you like marinate in white privilege. Mm -hmm. You like experience everything through those eyes. And then there are people who aren't dropped in the bowl, you know, minorities and, you know, people of color and they are on dry ground. And so we like look out through our water and say, what, what, what's the problem? Yeah. Like they don't have the same experience and we can't even see or understand when we try and stay in the water and try and relate to people, we can't because we don't even know what their experience is. We can't even, how, how am I trying to say this? We can't feel it in our own bodies. Right. And I don't even pretend that I ever could, but what, what I'm hoping for us as a culture is that we can be willing to at least try, yeah. that we can be willing to get out of the bowl of water and as she said, get on dry land. And initially it's uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if you've been in water your whole life, it can be uncomfortable to be on dry land, but it's a willingness to say, I see you and I hear you and I'm willing to at least, you know, understand things from this perspective or what you've experienced. And that is, you know, again, Real American is just one book. Sure. Um, and we're so lucky to have Julie Lithcott-Hames at our conference to talk about this experience that she had and to be willing to listen and to um, acknowledge what we don't understand. Well, and what I was going to say is she's written two really good books. I've read the first one. Mm -hmm. I didn't read the second one. How to Raise an Adult is the one that I've read. And um, they're both beautifully written. They're both really impactful. But we, you know, when we we're kind of getting together with um, her agent, mm -hmm. she's like, what do you want to talk about? And it would have been a safer choice, I think, for us to just talk, oh, we'll just talk about parenting. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's really, um, it would have been reinforcing what, what most of our listeners already know. Right. Whereas this is a different, thing that we're talking mm -hmm. about, more important thing, mm -hmm. in my opinion. So I just wanted to say that out loud. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I'm i very excited to have her share her experience and to have, because honestly, you know, for as much as Todd and I try and have a, a reach, um, if you look at our conference, it's not as diverse as we'd like it mm -hmm. to be. I mean, most of the people in the audience um, look are like look like us. Mm -hmm. And that is, it, and that's okay. That's not necessarily a problem, but it is, we would love to have a more diverse community. Um, but since we have an audience that looks like us, it is, I think, a wonderful opportunity to, you know, have Julie speak to us about maybe 
experiences that the people in our audience have never had. Yeah. And this is something it's interesting because it, it it ties really well to Glennon and Abby because Glennon and Abby have done a really good job. Um, you know, I'll speak specifically about Glennon. I she has done a really good job being an ally. Um, for people of color, meaning that she as long she's she's kind of like us, where she tends to pull in a very Caucasian audience, and so she's like, well, then we're going to talk about it, you know. Instead, she has been, um, I think, again, she has been a role model for me in how we want to use our voice for sure. And um, so Julie Lithcott Hames is going to come to our conference and talk about her book, Real America. And this is a clip of her reading it. Um, it's not a TED Talk. But it's, it's actually at FAN. Yeah, it's Family Action Network. Which is in Chicago. in yeah. uh, the northern suburbs. So here we go. And you got to tell me when to cut it. Because you didn't tell me. Let's see. It begins like this. Where are you from? Here. No, I mean, where are you from from? As a child growing up in the 70s and early 80s in New York, Wisconsin, and Northern Virginia, there was something about my skin color and hair texture that snagged the attention of white children and adults. Their need to make sense of me, to make something of sense out of nonsensical me, was pressing. My existence was a ripple in an otherwise smooth sheet. They needed to iron it down. The truth is, I'm not really from here. The truth is, that's not what they were asking. The truth is, they were asking, why are you so unclassifiable, so different from what I know? There's love at first sight. Well, there's American at first sight. And from dozens of where are you from interactions with Americans over the years, I've learned that American at first sight is about looks, primarily skin color and hair texture not nationality. I am the woolly-haired, medium-brown-skinned offspring typical when blacks and whites have sex, which was considered illegal activity in 17 of the 50 United States in 1966. 66 was the year before the Supreme Court decided in Loving versus Virginia that the laws preventing interracial marriage were unconstitutional. And 66 was the year in which my black father and white mother an African-American doctor and a British teacher who met in West Africa chose to go ahead and get married anyway. They married in Accra, Ghana. I was born to them in Lagos, Nigeria in 1967. So I come from people who broke the rules, chose to live lives outside the box, chose hope over hate as the arc of history was forced to bend a bit more. All right. Makes me want to listen to the rest of this. I know. It's really good. Yeah. She's got away with words. I man. know. Well, and that's the thing is that she'll tell a story mm -hmm. and then there'll be this beautiful like prose on the last page of feeling. So right. anyway, I recommend. So that's my first book recommendation. Mm -hmm. All right. Very good. Should we go with number three? Four. Uh, number four here? Yes. So let me get my drum roll ready. Our number four uh, speaker at the Zen Parenting Conference in March of 2019 is... Devorah Heitner. Who is, De who is Devorah Heitner? So 
Devorah has been on our show before. So yes. for those of you she's who have, a friend of ours. She's a friend. So she, if, for those of you who have been listening a long time, you will know her book Screenwise, which is about technology, talking to our kids about technology, identifying our own addiction to technology, um, figuring out ways to talk to our kids about technology. Um, Screenwise is her book is everywhere. It's funny because I when I was in um, Colorado a couple months ago um, at a conference. There, her book was laying on the table in this small town in Colorado. And I was like, I know her. Mm-hmm. Um, so Screenwise has become, uh, you know, quite the popular book. And the obviously- subtitle is Helping Kids Thrive and Survive, and Survive in Their Digital Age. And if I can think of one thing that I struggle with, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of my fellow dads struggle with, is managing technology with ourselves and our children. Beautiful. I love the way you said that because I think that's the thing is we tend to push it off on our kids. No, it's mostly our problem. And we don't know our own addiction. Mm-hmm. We don't recognize, we tend to say to our kids, put your phone down and then we pick ours up. Yep. So there is this, and what I love about Devorah's approach, and for those of you who have heard her on our show or seen her in person or read her book, she's very grounded and down to earth. She She's not like a, you know, oh, you have to restrict it. And she's not fear-based at all. She's very much about technology is what's coming. Mm -hmm. It's here and it's going to continue. So instead of us being afraid of it and worrying about it, let's figure out how to incorporate it in a way that keeps us still connected to each other, but still helps us... um, enjoy what technology has to offer. So I really like her approach. And she is a fellow Chicagoan. I believe she lives in in Evanston. Um, And she will be a speaker at our conference. So for those of you who are freaking out about technology, come see Devorah. Yes. Um, Do you want me to play a clip from our podcast? Sure, please. This is from podcast number 330. We titled it uh, Raising Digital Natives, a discussion with Devorah Heitner. Uh, And here we go. Yesterday. Yesterday's a great example. So what do you say to parents who are like, they should be doing what I was doing when I was a kid? Well, I watch so much more TV <laughs> than I let my kid watch yeah. that I think um, I don't want to over-idealize the 70s and the 80s. I mean, the, the sort of more hands-off parenting that maybe some of us Gen Xers experienced had, was good and bad, right? It was. And yeah. I didn't have neighborhood friends. I didn't have that idyllic. Like my husband, on the other hand, who was a bit older than me, did have that. And he did walk to school independently at five. And he did. Uh, he lives, you know, in, lived in Evanston, where we live now, where nobody independently walks to school at five. But it was a different mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And his parents had started having kids in the 1950s. So even though he was born in 1968, it was still like for them, like that was the norm. And it was kind of great. But he also played a lot of video games and the video games weren't as good. I mean, Pong Mm -hmm. is just not as creative and awesome as Minecraft. I'm sorry, Pong fans. No. Uh, Ms. Pac-Man is not as cool as a lot of the games. So And the TV that we did watch, again... There's still a lot of dreck out there, but there's also a lot of positive role models. There's a lot of smart girls. There's more yes. kids of color. I mean, we, we still have tons of work to yeah, do right. on what's out there, but we have more choices at least. And even in terms of watching like things from another country or yeah. being able to pull something in that's, you know, say, okay, I want, you know, my kids to see a Miyazaki film and I can stream that. Yes. So we do have some really lovely resources for that our we, kids. Yeah. there we go. So just that, I mean, first, the whole interview is awesome with Devorah, but just the way she frames that, 
you know, like, doesn't it make you feel like, oh, yeah, like just we're so inundated with information about how horrible technology is for our kids. And while I'm not going to debate the research, I know that our kids should not be looking at screens all day. I'm very aware of that. But what they are being exposed to compared to what we were exposed to, some of it's really great. Mm -hmm. You know, some of it has broadened their world. And for everybody who's like, but it's disconnected them, they don't know how to talk to people. It's also connected them. So it's like finding that balance. It's just easy to demonize it. It And that's not the approach she chooses to take. Correct. Because I think me and a lot of dads I know, we tend to demonize or idealize our own childhood, which really never exists. I I think of the amount of hours I played in television. Yes. I didn't have Atari. I didn't television. I would spend all day playing that sometimes. Yeah. And somehow I managed to be a productive adult. Yet we think that our kids uh, are going to turn into these robots. And, um, you know, it's just a little bit of balance. It Balance, because that's a key. Like uh, something that I've been talking to Todd a lot about in the last week that I'm realizing now that I'm 47 is that, you know, not everything is good or bad. Mm. Like there are so many, you know, we so like to put things in a box as this is a good thing, this is a bad thing. And even though I've always known that I live in paradox at the same time, sometimes I do go into situations and I'm like, am I enjoying this? Am I not enjoying this? And the truth is it's both. And that's exactly what technology is, is that there, I am so grateful to technology. And at the same time, it can be completely overwhelming and can take us over. And so it's how do we find, um, a sense of appreciation for that middle place? And, and how can we talk about that with our kids instead of saying to our kids, you're always on your phone. I hate that phone. I'm taking away your phone because then we're pushing against them rather than working with them. And technology is here to stay. It's not like phones are going away. Yep. So yep. we got to figure out how to work with it. So what we just explained is all of our um, our keynotes on Saturday. There's also yoga Saturday morning, but that's just the second half of the event. The first half begins on Friday. My sweetheart has a uh, women-only workshop in the afternoon on Friday, yep. March 8th. Three to five. And then um, in the evening, it's really kind of Zen parenting heavy. Yeah. Saturday, it's more about the speakers. Yeah. Friday, it's just you and I getting on stage, being silly, having fun. Well, we're not really being silly. I'm, I'm going to be silly. <laughs> I was going to say, really, we're talking about what we do on this show, right? Right. So if you like the show, it's a lot of the same stuff. Yes. And wouldn't you say that we're kind of silly on okay. the show? I will give you that. There you go, yes. sweetie. I'm right. You're wrong. <laughs> um and then we'll do a panel. We, we're not quite sure what the panel looks like yet. That, yeah. That's something we're working on. Um, so here's the deal. If you are interested, first of all, if you've if you've come in the past, we would love to have you back. Mm-hmm. Um, and just remember how you felt when you left because most people, when they leave, they feel like they're kind of on a high. And it's like the way I describe the conference, it's a... Um, it's just a weekend of self-care. Mm-hmm. Really, you're kind of fueling your tank. Well, and you're living... You come to a place where everybody is similar in thinking. And I don't mean one minded, like that we're all like, you know, the same person. It's just that you come to a place where you feel safe Mm -hmm. and there's a warm environment and everybody is loving and everybody's doing their best to be the best, their best selves. And it doesn't feel competitive. It feels very inclusive. And like Todd said, I think when you are in that environment, it can feel so different than our regular day, you know, like, wow, this is a really nice, warm place to be. And I think that, like Todd said, when you leave, you're like, wow, I feel like the possibilities become clear. Like, 
okay, I can do this mm-hmm. in a different way, yeah. you know, and, and I can take some of this with me. And, and unfortunately, like all things, it kind of wears off yep. and you need to come back. It's time to refuel. That's right. So, um, the registration for the entire conference is 300 bucks, but we're doing an early bird special, which I think is 270. Does that make? No, it's 250. Oh, is it two fifty? Mm-hmm. All right, but if you want even a deeper discount, we do have this thing called Team Zen, which we've been talking to our listeners about for the last few months, and you even get a bigger discount if you join Team Zen. It's not for everybody, but it's kind of like an insiders club for Zen parenting. We do Zen talk, Zen talks twice a month. It's like a group coaching thing. We have a Facebook page Facebook where people page. ask questions. You connect with other people who listen to the show and who are parenting similarly, um, and it's just kind of like a an organized group where mm-hmm. we can all meet and talk about what we need. So if you want like the deep discount and you're interested in Team Zen, sign up for Team Zen first and then get your tickets. If you're not like, hey man, I just want to come to the conference, that's awesome too. Go to zenparentingconference.com or you can go to zenparentingradio.com and find it pretty easily. So that's kind of the dealio. That is. And so um, again, it as we've said in the past, this is our, what is our fourth annual uh, yeah. Okay. So this is our fourth year doing this. First year was Shafali was our keynote. Second year we got the posters up. It was Rob, Rob and, and Rosalind, Rosalind and Ali. Ali. And last year was Cheryl and Milk and Mike Domish. Yes. And then this year this we year, got this awesome one. We got Glennon and Abby and Julie and Devorah. Um, so very, uh, it's a lot of women this year, which was again, my intention. Um, there, Todd and I try and, you know, focus on what's happening in the world and what's happening in our own lives and, you know, bringing in speakers who reflect that. Um, And the reason that, so we have this show, right? Todd and I have this podcast. We do it in our basement. We have real lives just like you guys do. We have our three kids. That's where we focus most of our time and energy. We have our jobs. But this weekend is about a live experience because even if you listen to the podcast, Seeing people live is a totally different thing. I feel like that's what shifts and creates new cells. Yeah, yep. <laughs> you know, like that's where things really change because listening to a show is amazing, um, but when you are in a live situation, um, I think things happen much quicker. Yeah, it's like an immersion. You're putting yourself in a position to make more significant changes than you are when you're listening to us in your car. That's right. And and what we've found is because this is our fourth year, there's a lot of people who meet who have friends around the country and they meet in Chicago mm-hmm. uh, for this conference. There is a lot of um, couples who get away from their kids for the weekend and meet and, sh- you know, come to Chicago for this conference. There's a lot of people who have kind of built their lives around um, this coming to this weekend. Yep. Um, and I recommend that if you like the show and you are and you love our speakers, which I'm sure you do because they are amazing women, make it happen. And this is why we announce this so early and we give you so much time because we're parents too and we know it's not easy to leave and you need to find childcare and you need to do all those things. Because for those of you who, we haven't said this yet, but we really want to have teens at this conference. Last year and the year before, we had teenagers and it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So if you have teens, like even 12 and up, yeah. um, bring them. It's only 25 bucks for them to go. So they can, you can just get your ticket for 250 and then bring your teen for $25. So bring them. And it's an amazing weekend um, for you to have really important conversations with your, with your teens. If you have younger kids, we don't recommend bringing them. Right. This is not the environment for them. And especially, um, you know, a lot of parents are getting, are getting away 
to come be with adults. Um, and so to have a lot of kids around is not exactly the, you know, that's not what this conference is about. Um, if you have babies, that's mm -hmm. fine. You know, we always have um, mamas who have, or daddies who have their, their small babies, mm -hmm. um, because you, you know, when you're nursing and that kind of thing, you can't be away for that long period of time. So that's our, that's kind of how we run this show. Um, but we highly recommend you bring your teens. And if you are a educator, if you are a therapist, you don't have to be a parent to come to this conference. Nope. This is we parenting, as you know, just like with this show, it's, it's part of it, but really this is about self-awareness and this is about being honoring ourselves and so we can go out and honor the world. Um, so, you know, just come. And if you have a big group that wants to come and you want a discount because you have like 10 people, email us Todd at uh, zenparentingradio.com or go to our website. Um, so it's a lot of different ways. Yes. Just contact us. And if you are struggling to pay, uh, struggling to pay, that's probably not the right way to say it. If paying for the conference feels a little daunting, mm -hmm. um, contact us because we have this thing called Zen Friend Giving. Um, there are people who listen to the show who donate. And for those of you listening, you can do this year round um, to our scholarship fund to make sure that people who may not be able to pay for the entire conference at this point in time um, can still go. So yeah, if you're in a position where you have, uh, you're well off and you feel like you can give back a little bit, we would love to use our conference as a vehicle to give back to people who cannot uh, make it due to their own financial constraints. Yes. And so if you want to donate to Zen Friend, that's obviously on going to be on the page where you get your ticket. That will be an option. Mm -hmm. um, and then for those of you who are like this year, I'm just not able to afford it. Don't give up. Call us or uh, email us and contact us and um, we'll try and figure out if we can get a scholarship for you. That's right. Um, so we would just love to have you there. And we just are... This is one of the most fun things that we do. And it's really our only one big live event that yeah. we do a year. I mean, sometimes we talk at our library or you get a speaking gig, but this is really kind of like one, our yeah. one big show every year. So we would just love to have, if you've been, we'd love to have you back. If you've never been, um, we would love to have you consider joining us because we are stoked. Yeah. Right? This is a great weekend. All right. So um, hopefully that piqued your interest a little bit, everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, looking forward to it. We'll be back. Uh, we have a Zen talk this Friday. So if you do team Zen or you're thinking about doing team Zen, we have a Zen talk this Friday. Otherwise we'll see you guys next Tuesday. And again, go to zenparentingradio.com to get your tickets for the conference or zenparentingconference.com. And all the information should be there. And again, it's March 8th and 9th, 2019. Put it on your calendar now. Adios everybody. Thanks for listening, everyone. We appreciate you. Remember, you can subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out Team Zen. It's a $25 monthly subscription where you'll get two live Zen Talks with an opportunity to ask Kathy and I questions live. If you can't join us live, you can still access all Zen Talks through the Team Zen Podcast app. You'll have access to all previous Zen Talks, connect with like-minded people through our private Facebook page. We have a book club and get discounts on everything that we have to offer. 
Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. While you're there, check out our upcoming events or you can purchase one of my three books. Guys, want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationship with loved ones? I have good news. I coach guys. We can talk in person, by phone, or FaceTime. You choose. First session is free. And if you're in Chicagoland, contact me about the tribe. It's a men's group, and it's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by going through the Amazon link under Support Us on our homepage. It doesn't cost you a thing, but we get a small commission from Amazon. Finally, I want to give special thanks to our two foundation partners, the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care and Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thank you for your love and support, and keep on trucking. Thank you.